Welcome to Mikey Talk. Wait a second. <laughs> this is not Mikey Talks. There are way too many people and I'm sitting in a bar. It's the Beer Powered Time Machine. A celebration of good beers, storytelling, and personal histories with your host, Mikey Mason. It's just I guess this must be welcome to the beer powered time machine. Oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> I'm Mikey Mason, and joining me today are I'm Randy Davis, Ty Morton. There we go, uh, Randy. Uh, microphone wants you to talk into it. It's big and black and imposing, but don't be afraid. It's right there. Okay. It's there for you. Just suck right up to it. Oh, okay. All right. That came out. Anyway. Came um, out exactly as it was. <laughs> <laughs> I am warming up on a Founders All Day IPA. And, uh, and, and, and Randy, what are you warming up on? I am also warming up on a Founders All Day IPA. These are delicious as they are intended to be, I believe. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that could be wrong with a Founders All Day IPA. Uh, Ty, what are you warming up on? I can guess. I can guess. I know what you're warming up on. I heard you get it. <laughs> yeah. It is a Bell's Two Hearted. Yes, it is. Uh, and they One are always... One of the last uh, original Bell's Two Hearteds. As you know, Bell's has been purchased by New Belgium. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Wow. Okay. So um, hopefully they don't... Uh, Fuck up the recipe and throw off my targeting sensors. You know um, what? New Belgium's not known for screwing things up. I'm, no, I don't know why I'm watching my life. New Belgium's not known for fucking things up, and they've been putting out solid product for a while. They did get rid of my favorite New Belgium beer, which I'm unhappy about. Mothership Wit was the one that knocked it out of the park for me every time. Uh, and I'm not big on wit beers, but I loved Mothership Wit. <laughs> well, they also got rid of Ranger and replaced it with... Zombie voodoo ranger. ranger. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. then there became like a million voodoo rangers, and that's what I that's, that has me nervous about the two hearted. <laughs> well, but you know, I'm I don't know, I don't know. Uh, you know, the ghost of not yet dead Larry Bell will come choke the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, my ability to pilot the time machine requires a very specific buzz, so it's going to be a. I am, after all, a card carrying. Uh, Oh, fuck. Oh, I you? don't know if I have <laughs> Boom. mine anymore. I, I, my, mine happens to say, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I think I left it in my other pants. Oh, Randy's buying Oh, no, it. here it is. Oh. <laughs> we have our membership cards. Man, it's been a long time. It has been a super long time. And I came here without much of an agenda other than drinking beer and talking to friends, which is why this why I started doing this thing in the first place way lo uh, lo so long ago. I remember telling you about it, and you were like, I don't know. I'm like, we're just going to drink beer and tell true stories. And you're like, I, I don't know. And then we had a fantastic conversation at the bar that afternoon. I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, if we were recording this, that shit would have been great. And you're like, it would have been. <laughs> and that's how I talked Ty into doing this. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I can it see it. <laughs> 
so when I decided that uh, I would be interested in doing a one-off or maybe, maybe I, you know what? This is a one-off. Uh, if anything else comes of this, that's way down the road. Right now, we're just going to sit here and drink some beers and, and talk like, like friends do. What have you been up to for, I don't know, was it the last two years? December of 2019 was our last BPTM. Okay, so a little over two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple months later, we went into lockdown and played a lot of croquet. You played a lot. I played, I don't, I never played the croquet. I came and watched once, sat on the sidelines and drank beer. I spent a summer at it. Yeah, an entire summer on Cannon Commons right here behind the, the Fickle Peach, which is not where we're at because it would be closed and that would be wrong. Are you any good at it? Um, I started winning a lot. And then, you know how uh, there's always someone that, because there was this like same group of six or eight people that kept showing up to play croquet a couple times a week mm-hmm. and uh, during the lockdown. And um, I was the early riser and like became the dominant force, kept winning a lot of games. And then it all fell apart. Other people just slow burn, got better, longer, you know, longer legs and um, Robbie and Meredith and Amy Gaines is unbelievable. I, everything she plays. Yeah. She's one of those people, super competitive and her husband. She coaches volleyball, right? They coach volleyball. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So my oh, wins uh, Just became... a reminder, I'm not editing anything out of this. I don't know where it's going up, when it's going up, how it's going up, where it's getting posted, where it's getting hosted, but don't say anything you want me to redact because I'm not <laughs> redacting. I'm redacting fuck and all, <laughs> but only okay. put together. Fuck all. That's it. That's all I'm redacting. I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I said that once before for a group of people and they're like, no, that's fine. And then the next day I got three different messages from three different people. Can you cut the story about, can you edit? I don't want my brother-in-law to find out I didn't, that I recycled his Christmas present. That, I mean, literally. <laughs> and I didn't like it. He, he'll be mad. <laughs> I'm like, how much work do you want me to do? And that's why I created the rule. I don't, you know, I don't care. Admit to a capital crime. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> did, did you eventually redact it? No, I redacted it that day because I oh, was. so now I, you've outed it. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say who. Yeah. No names were mentioned. Somebody who was a guest on the Beer Powered Time Machine sometime in the five years, the three hundred shows, however many years it went on, one person told a story about their brother-in-law giving him a Christmas present, and they regifted it the next year. And uh, they might have regifted it that same year. They got the, <laughs> I mean, literally. And then they decided. So you go if you have them all saved, go back and see if you can find uh, something where that would. Uh, fit in. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't a regular cast, so it was an away mission on the beer-powered time oh. machine. So, <laughs> uh, good luck. Good luck. I keep almost taking a taste of this. I got... We're going to do three beers. Uh, maybe a bonus beer. I don't know. It just depends. Um, we're going to do three beers, and they're going to go up um, in ABV, because that's just the way it's going to happen. And they were given to me by Dieter Zimmerman, um, the drunk from Drunken Sailor. Great guy. Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, they're from Moody Tongue out of Chicago, Illinois. Okay. And this first one is Moody Tongue Oak Barrel Aged Flanders Red Ale aged for 24 months in American Oak Barrels 2018 Vintage. Again, out of Chicago, Illinois. Now, we're on the dark side of this bar, but this is kind of a reddish, ruddy brown. Um, And we're actually at the bar. We are sitting. If we were at a bar... 
which we're not, that was open, which it isn't, uh, we would be at the bar. But really, we're floating around in space somewhere <laughs> unknown. This has a kind of it's a off-white, slightly tan head. It could be the 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 lighting I'm getting. It's got uh it's got some legs on it. The lacing sticks to the side. Um, ooh, big tart nose. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's try this. Cheers. 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 This does not taste like a beer that is almost four years old. No, it does not. This it's is bright. Uh, it's mm. vibrant. It's bright. Mm. I was because I was worried because sometimes beers mellow out over time. Mm -hmm. But if this is what this tastes like now, imagine what it would have tasted like off the tit in 2018. <laughs> well, I got a I immediately got a little pucker out of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's hits tart. hits the uh, salivary glands right in the back. It's, it's oh yeah. But it's beautiful. I love Flanders red. I love sours. Uh, I didn't used to. Remember, I thought that's the part that what is going to be more mellow, that pucker factor. Yeah. Well, imagine then. I mean, <clears throat> it probably kicked your tongue in the balls back then. I don't know if this is the mellowed version or maybe they found a way to not mellow it. You remember the first time you, you were there the first time I had a sour. Uh, I believe it was. I believe it was. It was the Good Beer Show mm -hmm. and we had a New Holland's, uh, New Holland Brewing's Moxie sour ale. And everybody's talking so eloquently about it. And I know Tracy was there. They're, they're all talking about uh, how it's, it's just brilliant and beautiful. And it's got these wonderful sour, slight vinegar and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, and so they said, what do you taste? And, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, it's sweet. It's sour. It's got a slight vinegar. I don't know. Ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually an accurate description. <laughs> And everybody laughed at me, but not in a good way. <laughs> um, but you know, that was before I, I that was before I was able to use my words. <laughs> but it wasn't wasn't that far off. It was the sweet, sour, vinegary. Was that the moment you earned the moniker yes, Beer Tard? That was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that would that was literally the moment and uh, best thing that ever happened to me as far as learning about beers because then I was free to ask questions and uh, and because I was like I don't know this tell me about this and then occasionally somebody would come up to me after the show and go thank you for asking that question <laughs> I didn't know that either but I was afraid to look stupid <laughs> well that good for me <laughs> stupid Mikey at not your service not afraid to look stupid. Stupid. <laughs> uh, it's better than, well, what I'm tasting are oxenol phonemes, and those words don't even mean things. What are you doing? Phonemes are sounds. <laughs> You're tasting sounds? What's oxenol? <laughs> you, you can go too far with that. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, may, maybe it means something to people of a, a, a certain intellectual uh, level, a certain intellectual caliber of brewing, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, you know, that kind of uh, chemical, artistic chemical level, artisanal chemistry level of brewing, <laughs> I guess is how I would just explain it. Because they're there, and they know that, that this hop is going to release this chemical, and it's going to do this. But if you let it hit this temperature, it's going to do this. And if you don't take it out of the mash or whatever. So, And I'm not that. Right. Never have been. I know I like it. I've always liked sours, and uh, this one's got that nice little like apple cider vinegar tang to it that's kind of neat. 
Yeah. I don't like vinegar, and, and for some reason, I, I, it started with Duchess de Bourgeon, um, that Flanders red, and I had that, and something clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, this is really good, because I'm, I'm not a vinegar guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and ever since then, you know, there are, of course, sours that I didn't like. I don't remember those. <laughs> but, all right. What do you think? Are you still not a vinegar guy? Still not a vinegar guy. Okay. You don't like gardenia or is that what it's called? The I don't like vinaigrette. Gardenera. Gardenera, thank you. That's what I meant. I don't know. What is, what is gardenera? It's like... Um, I'm showing my dumb again. It's, it's a the... relish made out of um, uh, peppers and onions and... Cauliflower. Ca- cauliflower and carrots and that's... I've not You had can it. buy a jar of it of just big chunks of cauliflower and carrots and onions and peppers and it's all in this pickle kind of juice and it's pickles, you ever had like pickle a, vegetables an italian beef sandwich yeah yeah, yeah. so that's the usually the the relish that goes on it is okay i normally order, so it's, it's yeah that's spicy and... i would totally try it because i'm a little more adventurous than i was in my youth i was a very picky eater and i've, I've i won't say i've grown out of it i i have grown out of it only because i made myself um try things um but I would try it, and there's no guarantee that I would like it, especially since you already told me it's got vinegar in it. I mean, I'm well, not saying pickled. I'm going in untamed. I don't like pickles. You know yeah. why? They're cucumbers and vinegar. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but it's also that I don't like pickles. But there's a pickle beer, if we were in a bar, in that vault that is really good, and it tastes a lot like I pickle remember, juice. Yeah. I've had the pickle beer. I have I'm to. not a fan. No, it's just okay. I enjoyed it. It's a little bit much. I don't even like pickles, but I do like having white castles that had the pickles picked off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. I was thinking about that the other day, a matter of fact. I would, I would, you know, I, we got to the point, you know, I would order white castles and we'd pick, Jody would pick the pickles off and eat them and, and I would eat the rest of the white castle. And then one time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to order mine without pickles. So I ordered them without pickles and they were not the same. They're not as good. (laughs) (laughs) You needed that slight hint of pickle. It does. It needs, it needs the presence of pickles, in which case I admit that vinegar has its place in the world. (laughs) There and in, in sour beers. All right. What did you think, Randy? You liked it. I do like it. I like it a lot. Um, it's, I, I always, whenever there's a new sour, got to get it. I mean, um, I'm an all-day IPA drinker. That's, the, that's my, uh, but when I come in, I like to look at the board, and I like to see what's on the board. Uh, when I go to the Fickle Peach, uh, or any bar, really, I like to see what's new on the board and, and try a, if there's a sour, I, I'm in. Yeah. And they're usually kind of expensive, higher in ABV, but they're a good way to start your day. This one is 6.7% alcohol by volume. That's not so bad. It's the lowest ABV beer we're doing today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Except for our warm-up beers. <clears throat> Would you buy a pint? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what do you think, Ty? Um, I like it, um, but my, I enjoy sours. But I enjoy them in small doses. Oh, given. Yeah. So it's so to answer the so while I very much enjoyed this, I, no, I would not buy a pint. Yeah. Because, uh, but I, but I will not buy a pint of any sour. Okay. Because I get about halfway through it and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. And now I've got like half a beer left. Don't you that, usually get like that a 10 ounce? You could give, I don't know, <laughs> to a guy who is sitting next to you at the bar, say, <laughs> me. Yeah, but most, most sours come in 10 ounce pours. Do they? Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So would you buy a 10-ouncer? Oh, I, yes, I would. Yeah. I would totally buy a 10 I would buy a pint. 
<laughs> I would buy two pints. I agree with Ty, though. I think by the about the halfway point of your uh, of your sour, it's just a little bit much. Ready to go to that I, uh, that all day, yeah. Or something else, or something, something, else. Yeah, something else, whatever. Yeah, and I and I get that, and I totally would buy a pint. My problem with sours, despite the fact that I would drink them all night if I could, is that I cannot because they will give you an acid tummy, yeah. <laughs> like nobody's yeah. have a hard time sleeping, right? Yeah. So uh, normally we tell stories, and it's been a while, but I, you know, I, I I ended up telling this story online, and I actually got the story wrong just a little bit, and I I realized that because. I keep notes on things kind of obsessively because my job was writing about things and trying to make them funny. And I had a dream and I remember cause I lived in red key, Indiana when I had this dream. And, uh, and it's when, I don't know if you have dreams that just stayed with you because, and it wasn't even like a super long, it was just a little snippet of a dream. And, uh, and sometimes you have these dreams that just stay with you forever and, and you just can't forget them. And in this one, I was, in the studio audience or watching TV of a, of a talk show. And it was like, I don't know, maybe Stephen Colbert or Bill Maher or something. something. I, I, the host wasn't important. In fact, I don't even remember who it was. But on the panel was Neil deGrasse Tyson and LeVar Burton. Hmm. So Neil deGrasse Tyson and LeVar Burton were on this panel. And they were in a good-natured argument that escalated like good-natured arguments do. Not to the point of... Not to the point of fighting, but to the point where this is why the dream stuck with me. In my dream and in my head, I can still hear it and see it. Neil deGrasse Tyson looked at him and said, fuck you, Jordy. And everybody died. <laughs> it was like the place erupted like he had said the most brilliant thing in the world. LeVar Burton pushed Neil deGrasse Tyson's buttons to the point where all he could do was reply, fuck you, Jordy. <laughs> and it was just awesome. And I don't do you, do you have dreams like that? Well, not like that. But, but you at least to, you didn't walk up and smack him in the face. Uh, all right, let's not go there. Let's we, we, not. You know, we don't know when this is going to air because uh... also, you know, you know what the world an, an, doesn't need? Another entirely separate incident where a person smacks another person in the face may happen between now and then and it won't even Also, you know what the the world does the world really doesn't need the the opinions of three more middle-aged white guys commenting on that. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> I know we're here to solve the world's problems, three middle-aged white guys, one beer at a time. But uh, <laughs> no, We got a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to pass no. on this one. Sometimes wisdom is knowing when to shut the fuck up. So shut the fuck up, Jordy. I don't have to know. <laughs> People tell me all the time. <laughs> Welcome back to the beer-powered whatever the... This is, um, we have another Moody Tongue beer. Uh, uh, and this is also from Dieter. Thank you, brother. And uh, this is from 2019. It's the Scotch Barrel Aged Peated Scotch Ale. So now, another Scotch Ale. So a, a little mouthful. Bit, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not the Flanders. This is a Scotch. This is a Scotch Ale. Those are typically caramel, a hint of smoke, maybe don't ever add liquid smoke, brewers, please. Um, somebody somewhere said they had a hint of smoke off of something from malt, and then all of a sudden brewers took that to mean that, that scotch ales needed smoke, and so oh, they started Jesus. adding liquid smoke because this is America, and no. But this is a scotch ale, and they're supposed to be malty and have nice uh, caramel 
flavoring. Uh, this is ish. how we wound up with like quadruple oaked beers oh. a year, 10 years ago. And <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's not that bad. Let's be honest. To, to, to be real, that's that's not that bad. Um, if 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 it's done right, nothing's that bad. But we, you know, let's let's go overboard in moderation, shall we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, how? <laughs> Once in a while, somebody should go balls out ballistic on whatever it is, and then the rest of the time, uh, we should not be all the way to the wall on everything. So this is uh, Scotch barrel aged. So this was aged in Scotch barrels. I don't know what kind of scotch barrels because it does not and, and you know could it be it could be glenfiddich it could be whatever i'm not a big scotch guy either of you uh no not, not really. really no no uh do you prefer scotch or do you uh, prefer irish whiskey or american whiskey that's non-scotch if if i have to pick between scotch and irish whiskey i will go the irish whiskey but i actually prefer rye and okay. bourbon i like the more peppery I like bourbon. Ryes aren't my thing. Um, I can enjoy a rye now and then. They're just not typically my thing. They're mm-hmm. generally a little rough for me. Huh. Um, and and it's the peppery thing. It's the it. It's just a bit. It can be too much. It can be. Um, but it can also be very good. And then this is peated scotch. It's a scotch barrel aged, and it's peated, so you're going to get twice the peat. It's the peat, peat, and peat beer. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's old enough to remember the adventures of peat. Pete and Pete. I'm sure every all six of our listeners are. <laughs> I, I have it on good authority. There might be as many as 12. Um, well, that's a big upgrade because <laughs> earlier when we were doing the test, uh, Randy <clears throat> referred to our listener in the singular. Listener. <laughs> <laughs> Leaps and bounds. We're going by listener. So this is, uh, this is very occluded. It, it's hard to see through. Holding it up to the light, and I'm just not getting light through it. Um, is this also like four years old? Just at the ages. This is actually newer. This is 2019. Okay. So this is only three. Um, and mm. it's got a caramel, caramel nose on it. I mean, if, if it's, I'm not smelling the peat mm-hmm. on it. There's, uh, peat has this acrid, earthy flavor, and I'm not smelling it. That doesn't mean I won't taste it, but. Um, I get a little hint of whiskey. Yeah, maybe. Smell What's a it? good. Um... It does. It does. Yeah, there's a hint of that, uh, that booziness. A good Scottish uh, uh, toast. Slancha. Uh, so I took... That's Irish. No, no, no. Scots Gaelic. I took Scots Gaelic. There's Irish Gaelic and there's Scots Gaelic. What's the um, one about... So there's Slanchava uh, Acharej. That's what I remember from Scots Gaelic. Uh, mm. I took it for nine months at the start of the, <laughs> at the, start of the thing. And I remember two phrases. Slanchava Acharej. What does that mean? It means to Slots. your health friend. Okay, to your health friend. Slanchava Ahagas. A charage. <laughs> it's a charage spelled A C H A R A I D. Okay. Charage. Because Gaelic. Slanchava <laughs> a charage. And then the other one I remember is that whiskey is called iskabeta. 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 Uh, and it's iska, water. Beta of life. So it's iskabeta. <laughs> whiskey is the water of life. So we. We're having the Iskabeta aged ale. Uh, Slanchava Acharaj. Slanchava Acharaj. All right. <laughs> oh, Not the, what I was expecting. And no, no, it's a little sweeter. <laughs> and the peat rounds it out on the back end, um, but not overbearing. But there is a, this kind of an earthy peat, and there's some smoke on it. There are definitely the tones of, of Scotch whiskey on this. 
um, but it's much sweeter up front than I expected, mm-hmm. and then it dries out quick on the exhale. Um, Whew. Like exhaling and... now, it's like a mouthful of dirt. <laughs> caramel and mushroom? Much like haggis. <laughs> caramel and mushroom? Is yeah, that maybe. What yeah, I mean, I, like caramel-coated this... mushrooms, maybe. Is it's this a your odd. ketchup moment, Randy? <laughs> it's a little odd. Welcome really to the club. No, it's tasty. It's tasty. I like it, but it's, um, it Look, is a little odd. It might be tasty, but I'm not trying caramel-coated mushrooms. No, like, not at all, but that's I, exactly what I'm kidding. I might try caramel-coated mushrooms, let's be honest. Uh, what about you, Ty? Um, I don't think I like it. It's the uh, the, the the sweetness really just is a um, lot at the beginning, and then mm. and the other things like that you guys are describing, I can I can get, but the uh, it's that earth on the back end is yeah, weird. It's but weird, the, but the, the the sweetness on the front is. Honey I dirt? I don't like. It, honey dirt is a good... I mean, it's very... It is, it, But it's very sweet on the front end. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting that. Even from a good scotch ale, um, there are hints of the caramel and a touch of sweet. But it's not... This is very sweet. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a barley wine that's gone bad or something. <laughs> it does re- hit the barley wine range of ABV. This is 11.8% by volume. Barley wines are supposed to run 11 to 14-ish. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, it's been a while. So my experience is the higher the ABV, the deeper the flavor like gets drived into your palate. Like the alcohol carries those flavors deeper. I think you feel it more. And um, hmm. I, I, kind of like when you're seasoning your food, if your food doesn't have very much fats or oils in it, it takes a lot of seasoning to bring those flavors out but if your food already has some kind of fats or oils in there it doesn't take as much as much seasoning to bring out the, and i think that's how it is with when you drink alcohol too uh, that um when you drink beer or whatever the higher the abv um just the more you uh taste everything else around it i think it just well Part of that is because in order to achieve the higher alcohol content, your mash has to be very concentrated, has to be cooked down. You know how, like, um, I'll give you a, 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 an example that's easy to wrap around. Um, dogfish heads, 60, 90, 120-minute yeah. beers. Right. They're all the same beer. Right. But the when the 90-minute the, the boil reduces it, which, by the way, uh, in my opinion, the 90-minute is the superior of the three. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, so the 120-minute like reduces it even further. And that's too much. And that's too much. But and be, because of that, the, the, the ingredients in the mash are so concentrated because you have to do that to give the yeast enough to, to eat to generate that alcohol level. And mm-hmm. the, the side effect is what you're describing is that everything tastes... Super powerful, and uh, I think we can agree that uh, beer is the tastiest genocide because that's what it is. You pour a bunch of yeast into an environment where they get to glut themselves, and they're just like, "This is the life!" And then you boil them and kill them all after they produced your alcohol, and you kill them all, and uh, it is the tastiest. No, genocide. you don't boil it after that. 
<laughs> but, you boil it before. And they, but you let them starve. To, you kill them. You kill them and oh, you, yes. let them, you oh, let yeah. them die. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you, and it's intentional. And it is the table. However it happens. Well, they run out of sugar. They starve to death. I'm just saying. That's yeah. your fault. You yeah. can keep putting sugar you could in there. Keep you can keep the there. yeast happy. But you don't. It's like, it's like you invite them to an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> and then you don't refill any of the stuff. And so. And you lock the doors. Lock so the they're door. never allowed to leave. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. <laughs> So, so what do you? Th- All right, I think I know the answer on this. But uh, would you buy a pint, Randy? Um, no, probably not. And I'll probably keep an eye out for uh, peated Scotch um, ales for the future, just to know that. Try not to only only to be nice to someone. Like, hey, I made a Scot a peated Scotch ale. You want to give it a shot? Like, all right, I'll try yours but just to see if, yeah. if it has a difference there's yeah. that that's very it's just that very odd super sweet at the front end um i gotta admit it's much better than i thought it was going to be because i'm not super into scotch ales and i thought maybe aging it i thought maybe having a peated scotch ale that is aged in scotch barrels might be too much but it needs that peat to round out that sweetness like oatmeal does yeah peat does the same thing that is that what you're saying that the like I don't what? know. It's I, it needs that dirt flavor at the end, or this would be diabetes in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ty, would you buy a pint? Uh, I not only would not buy a pint. I'm going to give you the rest of mine. <laughs> oh, is that how it's going to be? Uh, you know, I would buy a pint to try it. I wouldn't buy a second pint if if this was on tap and it was this or something that I actively didn't like. I would take this before I ordered water. Um, probably. Well, I mean, if, if those are my choices. <laughs> I mean, we were, it's always just how, how you parse it, right? <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I really, I, I, I'm super glad I tried this. Uh, I, you know, this is not a beer that I would have ever picked out for myself. Um, so trying it is, is, uh, a very interesting experience and learning that the flavor that I worried about the most was the one that carried the beer into carried the beer away from being what I would consider a train wreck of a beer. It's certainly not a train wreck of a beer. It's I mean, not. It's not horrible. But if it would just been that sweet, I would have stabbing pains in my eye, right? <laughs> and maybe they added that sweetness because they knew that the peat was going to counteract it. I'm not a brewer. And you've brewed beer, Ty, right? You've uh- yeah, but not at this, not at that right. level. But you of, brewed it, so you have a oh, better understanding of brewing than I do because you've actually physically done it, yep. um, and well, a better understanding of the actual brewing process than I do. I mean, I can talk about it in abstract terms, but I've never brewed beer, mm-hmm. um, and so. But uh, you know, maybe. But you're also uh, you're a damn fine cook, uh, and you are. And sometimes you add things to a dish that somebody who wasn't experienced in cooking wouldn't add because you knew it's going to, you know, it's going to balance out at the end. Maybe it's going to be too sweet on this end. It needs something to balance it out over here. Maybe it needs some savory. Maybe it needs some spice. Mm -hmm. And my, my bet is that the brewers at Moody Tongue, which by the way, super classy understated artwork on the bottles. I totally approve. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It definitely tastes like they paid the, uh, the brewers more than the, uh, the designers. Um, And I like that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, uh, I would bet that the, the brewers intentionally loaded this on sweet so that the Pete would carry it for someone like me who wouldn't be super into it, but maybe somebody who's super into scotches wouldn't like this at all. 
for the simple fact that it is overloaded sweet at the front end. Yeah, it's it's, it's possible. It's a, the the brewers I find fall into uh, two <clears throat> categories. Well, there are two types of people in the world: people who separate people into two types of people and people who don't. And um, <laughs> but there are, but there are two types of brewers. There are there are the brewers that are like what you were describing, Mikey. The 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 very culinary forward. Sure. You know, it's very much about how does this flavor profile mix with this other flavor profile? And and they try to bring those things together and make them work. And and everything's very intentional. But they, but they, but they, they fuck with it from like a taste point of view. And then the alcohol content and all that just kind of just comes as it comes. Yeah. So, like, if this is a fantastic beer and it's 2% by volume, then it's a fantastic 2% beer. Correct, yeah. And if this is a fantastic beer and it is... 12%. (laughs) Then this is a fantastic beer. Right. (laughs) So, and and then you have the ones like... uh, So, uh, like, uh, uh, Sean Fickle uh, from Guardian is is very much of that. You know, he he likes to throw these flavors in together and he knows how oatmeal is going to respond flavor-wise. And then... But he still is... a professional brewer, so he understands how that alcohol content is all going to be affected, yeah, and how that also affects the flavor. So, and it's but it's all very uh, uh, that. Whereas you have other ones who like uh, like Tyler Hutchison, mm-hmm. who are chemists. Yeah, <laughs> you know it is the art spe- of chemistry. This specific chemical compound responds this way when it's introduced to this, and and then. It turns out that it tastes good too. <laughs> so, gosh, I hope so. That compound is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, no, I I go to, I uh, go to like homebrew clubs and things like that, mm-hmm. and listen to these guys talk about what they're doing. That the conversations do all uh, sort of either like land in one camp or the other. So, like uh, I went to one. Uh, meaning and a guy brought a beer that he brewed with wild yeast that he f- took off of a maple log that he found in his wood pile. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, this is popping and it's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he found off a maple log. A maple log. Well, I mean, uh, and, was it, uh, who does Rogue um, out of Oregon? Um well, Rogue is oh, the, Rogue Brewery. Rogue uh, Brewery. Yeah, I was thinking Dead Guy. Who does Dead Guy? Yeah. But it's Rogue. I was thinking, I'm losing my ability to English. Um, <laughs> I had your scotch, yo. Um, <laughs> but they did uh, they did a beer using the bre- the yeast from the brewer's beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once. And there there have been beers brewed using vaginal yeast before. and Because there's yeast everywhere. Pussy. Oh, there's yeah. yeast all over. Really, Randy, that's where you go. <laughs> Pussy beer, is that? <laughs> Woo, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is going to make it available on Goop. <laughs> In fact, that's actually what the beer will be called. <laughs> Um, we have a third moody tongue. Three moody tongues tonight. Uh, <laughs> this is also from Dieter. Thank you, brother. Uh, this is the... Was, did you do that on purpose? What? 
pick three moody tongues for the three moody tongues uh, doing a show. It's... Jody made a comment. <laughs> Just saying, she goes, that's an appropriate choice. You're doing a flight of moody tongues, and that's the three of you. So it's three moody tongues and three moody tongues. And I'm like, <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, honey. I like being seen, but not that way. I guess this is why you're the comedian in the family. I feel <laughs> she's funnier than me, and I'll, I have no problem saying that. Um, everybody expects me. But here's the here's the thing: is that I, uh, and this is true of most comedians. Comedy requires you take a bunch of shots and fail a bunch of times. It's like Michael Jordan he takes a bunch of shots and he fails a bunch of times. Now, when it counts, when he's doing his performance on the court. He's generally doing his best stuff, but when he's practicing, you know, he's just taking every shot he can and mm-hmm. trying to get it right. So when you're doing comedy, when you're trying to make a joke, you put out, you fail a lot, right? A lot of groaners. Jody, when she tells a joke, she waits until she knows she's got one that's not a, you know, she's, she's not willing to take the chance on the <laughs> fail. She's like, nope, this is good. And she throws it out. And that's why Jody's funnier than me, because I'll throw out pretty much anything to try and get a laugh she and, throws out only bombs yeah she waits for the gold <laughs> um so uh you know and <laughs> that's why jeffrey t once told me you know for a guy who makes a living telling jokes you're the least funny person i know <laughs> and it emotionally scarred me yeah he's good at that. i talk about it in my book uh mikey mason uh, sorry uh <laughs> geek bard confessions of a geek bard available next year 2023 from from Falstaff Press. That's not a joke. My book will be published in uh, late December, early January. Excellent. Yeah. So I um, see big things on your horizon, Mikey Mason. Really? No, a lot of people want to hear about old road stories from being a comic. And <laughs> hey, everybody who shows up on the panel on Bill Maher is there because they're pushing a fucking book. <laughs> yeah, but so, they're not like mine. So here's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill, I got this book. I talk about getting a uh, DVD from uh, he's, one he's of the porn be one, star. He's got to be one of our 12 listeners. He's I mean. got to be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's the secret 13th listener. <laughs> Moody Tongue, Bourbon Barrel. This is 2018 uh, vintage. So we're back to four-year-old. Bourbon Barrel aged gingerbread imperial stout. Now, <laughs> there are people that would give pause. I've had some good gingerbread stouts. I've had some bad gingerbread stouts. I don't know how you feel about it. It's bothering you. Well, but I mean about the gingerbread stouts in general, because I know that... For instance, I know off the top of my head, Ty is not a super big fan of fruit beers, and that's an understatement, and also uh, cares even less than that for pumpkin beers. That's correct. Um, you know, and I'm uh, generally not a fan of gingerbread, so I'm... And, uh, and I love gingerbread, uh, and gingerbread beers can be hit and miss for me, uh, depending, mm-hmm. but I love gingerbread, and I love pumpkin pie, and I love... So it's going to be the ginger and molasses. Pumpkin beers. One can hope. Yeah. Um, But what about you, Randy? Have you had many gingerbread beers? I've had a few and uh, gingerbread cookies and gingerbread in general. And uh, it's just really not my thing. It's right in there with coriander and rye. Um, Ginger... Gingerbread cookies are like my least favorite cookie. Uh, I love gingerbread cookies. I love them when they're warm. 
I love them when they're anatomically correct. I love them when they're anatomically incorrect. I, I love a gingerbread cookie. As a kid, I really wanted to love gingerbread. I did too. Yeah. As because uh, because of the gingerbread man, you yeah, know, like it, yeah, was, yeah. You know, this, it was this classic thing and gingerbread houses and all of this stuff that we and the aroma about. is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the that, aroma that, is super nice. And I wanted to love it, but yeah. I would like go and bite into one, and I would just. Yeah, no, no it, you can't see that <laughs> face. That face, my face too. The face Ty just made. You could not make see. That face too. The, the, like there was, there was heartbreak. I mean, like. Ty, if I've ever told you you were a bad actor, I'm a fucking liar. I felt your pain, felt man. It, too, man. <laughs> it was like there. you you tasting that imaginary cookie from your childhood <laughs> felt to me like somebody kicked your dog. <laughs> it was like, you know, that was, I'm wow. To taste this wow. If you ever need to, I mean, oh, like. Oh, God, I'm blushing. I feel it. Like <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't even had this one. This one's the big beer. <laughs> oh, the nose is wonderful. Really, the nose is. It is. Really it's got wonderful. that uh, that bready, slightly anise. It's got that molasses. Mm, it's like someone's got Bringer bread, bread cookies in the oven, mm. and my hopes are getting up. Oh, maybe this time will be the time. Did you say Binger Dread? Yes, Binger Dread. <laughs> well, of course. What else would I say? Ninja Bread. <laughs> Don't try that. You've been drinking. I think. Um, <laughs> I think that Binger Dread might be the name of this episode. We should we should stop before I have to edit something because we're drinking and and all right. Cheers! You can't catch me. I'm the oh, you're a monster. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin, the muffin man? man. The Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Yes. I know the Muffin Man. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that bad. I mean, it tastes like a gingerbread Wow, cake. really? That's that's where you go? It's not that bad. It's actually, it's pretty good. I mean, it's very good. It's it's a lot better than I, I, I should start again. I should say, <laughs> wow, that's really it's, a lot better than I expected it to this be. This is black. This is pitch black, oh, and yes, it has it a uh, brownish tan head. It's not off white. Some some heads I would call off white. The head on no, this that's a, dissipated quickly. That's a brown head. This is a, a brownish tan. Yeah, this is this is closer to brown than white. Um, and there is no light getting through this bad boy. No. This is like ten W thirty right here. Dark hole beer. This is ten W thirty. It's been in a Ford pickup black. for seventy years, <laughs> and uh, this is black as my soul. And uh, and how would you describe the nose? Uh, it's very molasses forward, and the taste is is very much the same. It's yes. uh, very heavy on the molasses, so much so that the uh, gingerbread actually takes a slight back seat to it. I think so, and I kind of like it. I actually I like it much better than I thought it would. My thought is they probably put uh, lactase or milk sugars in here to keep the sweet more forward. Either that, or they added molasses after the yeast had died. I'm going for the latter. So because the milk sugars, the yeast can't digest, and so it keeps it sweet. Or if they add sugar after the yeast die, then it stays sweet. Um, I'm going to guess that they added the molasses after the boil. Yeah. So it was still... <clears throat> so after the boil, but before they pitched the yeast. So there could so, still so be the some consumption. Didn't cook off so much. That would explain the high ABV because this bad boy is fifteen 
percent by volume. <laughs> right, and, uh, but I mean, but but this is a thirty-proof beer. It yeah. tastes like cake. <laughs> it does. It tastes like gingerbread cake. And yeast will not just continue eating, 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 eating until there's nothing left to eat anymore, and that's when they die. I mean, they they have a finite amount of of each individual yeast has a finite amount of sugar that it's able to process before it just dies because it dies. Well, they're short lived. Yeah. I've had a bunch, like I, I had the, uh, I think it's Ravenwood out of Virginia has a gingerbread stout and it's great. It is great, but this is better. No offense, Ravenwood. This is better. I think that's Chuck Parker. If you're listening, let me know that I'm getting that right. Ravenwood. Cause Chuck's the guy who got me that. And that's fantastic beer, but this this is sweet. It's slightly creamy. It's very molasses forward. There are hints of the anise on it from the from the gingerbread. There are hint. It's bready. It's got a big malt mouth feel. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not super thick, but it's got a nice big coating on your tongue mouth feel. It's like a stout. It's a wonderful, beautiful, heavy, dark beer that warms the heart of everyone who loves all the good things. And if you're a bad person who doesn't love good things, you'll hate this beer. You know, It's kind of like if a stout and a barley wine had a baby and then (laughs) fed it gingerbread. (laughs) So it kind of accentuates the difference between the previous beer and this beer. The last beer, I mean, we were both, all three of us were pretty much saying uh, sweet and peat, you know, and there were two distinct things that were uh, in your mouth at the same time, not blended together. It was just like, wow, really sweet and a lot of peat. But this one is... Molasses and ginger cake, not really gingerbread, um, blended together in a real, I mean, it's sweet, but it's also has these other flavors that are all in the sweet mixed together, not yeah. separate like honey dirt or, you know. Well, so the, the, uh, the, the, the scotch ale hit your mouth in waves. It was immediately sweet up front and it was the the peaty earthy on the back end and this is a very consistent yeah, front across to back. the palate beer absolutely and um, it's mm-hmm. much more enjoyable it's like they laid a blanket of of gingerbread cake across your tongue <laughs> yeah and yeah. tucked you tucked it in for bed no they soaked it in molasses first Did and they? then they laid and then they laid <laughs> it wrong. across your tongue <laughs> by the way if you want fantastic and killer baked beans add molasses that is the secret oh i i know what this reminds me of now <laughs> what um, when my sister turned five years old, um, how long ago was that, Randy? Um, it was about one thousand and forty-four years ago. All right, just so we have bearings on it. And uh, <laughs> we were in Morocco uh, visiting my grandmother and grandfather, and um, they had a cake made for her, and it was a rum cake. There was rum <laughs> mixed in the cake for the children, and we all ate it, and it was kind of like. It's good. It's not good. It's weird. I feel funny. I mean, I was six or no, wait, wait, seven. Wait. Was it rum baked in the cake? Yeah, it was rum. rum it was rum baked in or the cake. rum soaked on the cake after the cake was baked. I think baked. there was also some rum or or boiled down rum, like turned in kind of a syrupy rum, poured over the top okay, of it. Okay, because correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. But if you bake rum in a cake, most of the alcohol, almost if not all, all of the alcohol, yeah, goes all. away yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. during the baking. Absolutely. But if you take a rum cake that is baked with rum in it and the alcohol goes away but then you put like a rum glaze over it <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no you still got to boil the rum to make the glaze so Do you? it's just, so it's, it's just going to have the flavor but not right. the actual alcohol right it reminds me of that birthday cake that my sister Valerie had when she was 5 years old there's this 
And rum and molasses have a lot of similarities that come from cane sugar. And right? what's uh, what's uh, Valerie's birthday? June 22nd. Of? 1965. And what was the first street you grew up on? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being spammed. <laughs> I'm being fished. <laughs> Speaking of being fished. I have to change fished, the password for all my credit cards. Speaking of being fished. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go here and then I'll talk about being fished. All right, I actually so. already have like your password for <laughs> Disney Plus, so I'm going to guess that that's the same, yeah, for... the same password for everything it is. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that Muncie's in my password. Uh, all right. <laughs> His past, password is Yorktown Sweet Pusay 2021 6969XXX. Hey. Um, <laughs> now I got to change it again. Can I ch- change it right now? Would you buy a pint, Randy? I would. Actually, I like this a lot, and I'm surprised how much I like it. Um, I can't believe it's. Did you say it's 15%? 15%. Okay, so I'll probably just only have but one 10 ounce pour. And then I'll go on to something else. <laughs> because you'll drink responsibly. Always. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, if you start with a 15-ounce pour, pretty much anything after that, you're not quite making great decisions. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> or the 15 ounce, or 15, 15% 10-ounce. Anyway, Ty. Um, same as Randy. I would, uh, I would buy the whatever pour it came with, which uh, would be a 6-ounce or a 10-ounce. Yeah. Or, but... Yes, no, uh, I uh, surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yes. Make it three. Um, you know, I, I'm always skeptical. When I see gingerbread, I'm always skeptical. It's going to have too much anise, or it's going to have that soy sauce on the back end, or it's going to whatever. None you of know? that. None of that. It's absolutely delightful, and I can't, uh, the, you know, Dieter, you give it. You gave me three Two out of three beautiful beers. You know, even, I'm, I'm still super glad I tried the Scotch Ale, um, because honestly... So much better than I thought it was, and it was a wonderful experience. Honestly, and, and I say this a lot, I like trying new beer. But the best part about trying new beer is trying beer with friends. Oh, yeah. Tasting, huh? you know, I could have had any one of these at home and been like, this is fantastic, and I wouldn't have enjoyed them as much as, as I do right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're here, and this makes the experience, this is seasoning. Podcast is Mikey's love language. I'm just saying, <laughs> friends, friendship is Mikey's love language. I'm just saying, all right, to, to carry on with your cooking analogy, all right, these are all beers that have varying degrees of, of fats involved, right? But you guys are the seasoning that makes it worthwhile no matter what, makes it pull through. Even if I didn't quite enjoy the beer, drinking it with friends makes it absolutely better. Period. Oh, well, the, here, here. Absolutely. So I would toast. Well, I'm going to have to toast with my offhand beer to friends. Cheers. Here, here's to the troops. Now, going back to spamming. Some of Fishy. you might have noticed that I changed the Beer Power Time Machine <laughs> Drunk Bell hotline number. And the reason was that in February of 2021, I hadn't used it long enough that they discontinued it and gave it to someone else. Oh. Now, in order, but that's my fault because I could have done, I could have literally logged on and clicked a button and I didn't because I'm never going to use that again. Beer Power Time Machine's dead. So that's my fault, mea culpa. I own up to that. But I could have got on and, you know, did a big search or whatever, did the Google Voice search because it's through a Google Voice app. 
to see if the number was available, but I didn't. I did what any half-drunk guy, because I was half-drunk at the time, would do, and I called the number. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I called the number, and it sent me to some voicemail that wasn't set up. You know, it was, a, it was an automated message that said, you'll be forwarded to the voice, and I just hung up. And then later, I got some, a text from the number. And the text from the number um, was a picture. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when I I'll pull up the Drunk Dial hotline, it's, uh, sorry, the first, the first picture the Drunk Dial hotline sent me was a bunch of hearts. Oh. Literally just a bunch of hearts. And then the, uh, then the text said, um, hello. And I texted back, do I know you? And then the next text returned was, you call me with pictures of what is obviously a model in a hotel room who's about to take her clothes off to do some um, very happy things. Because this is a a beautiful, voluptuous woman. And then they they send me another picture. (laughs) And it's just the same woman, same almost outfit. Right. (laughs) All right. And... And I Except said, her bush is not sticking up over her. Uh, that is top. correct. She, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so so uh, and I will guarantee you that it was not this woman texting me because it said send me your picture, and I said definitely a misdial <laughs> <laughs> because Jody was there. No, and I mean, she wrote. <laughs> she wrote. I guess, or he wrote. They wrote. Whoever the fuck it was, the computer wrote. The Russian spammer wrote. I guess, and then let it go. So if you call the old drunk dial hotline number, prepare to get some uh, text. Risque from, pictures. From somebody who wants to know what year you were born, what street you grew up on, what pets you had, what elementary school you, what was your fifth grade teacher's name, all of that. So I changed the number, and I had some options. I could have put it somewhere in Montana where the last seven digits were Mikey 16, M-I-K-E-Y 16. Or I could have put it... Uh, somewhere, I don't remember the, the area code, but where it would have been, uh, the initials on the letters would be D-I-Y-B-E-E-R. Um, but I settled for a Muncie area code with no particular spelling, because it has like a one and a zero in it. No spelling at all, just because that nobody uses, nobody, half the time these kids don't even know that there are letters associated with numbers on a phone (laughs) anymore, because it's an old thing. Yeah. It's a thing we had, right? And they look on their, they don't even look, they they dial the numbers in, they may, they may notice that there are letters there, they may not, so. Well, you do have a, 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 a generation sort of between ours and theirs, where the texting was done on the flip phones. Oh, yes. So, so they're still aware that there are letters associated with that because it was uh, a special kind of because <laughs> you have to because you had to hit the number so many times yeah. to get the right yeah. yeah oh my god so um i put out today earlier today a uh thing about the drunk dial hotline and i just put out the new drunk dial hotline number i said you're you are on the clock time is running out feel like a drunk dial and then the number and then so I put that, so I put that out there, and we got some calls on the drunk dial hotline. So let's listen to the calls on the drunk dial hotline. Well, when you were starting to tell this story, I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to say." I wonder how many 
the, whoever the poor fucking bastard is who has the old drunk dial hotline number now <laughs> is getting all is getting you know all these when are you gotta put out a new show getting all these messages about fucking unmanned glory holes and all kinds of crazy talk <laughs> so, so here we go we have some calls on the drunk dial hotline um, and uh, I'm just going to do them in order because we have one, two, three. I have four calls on the drunk dial hotline. And uh, I think that two of them actually knew what the drunk dial hotline was. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think two of them actually knew what the drunk dial hotline is. So here we go. First call on the drunk dial hotline. You are up. Mikey Mason. Drunk lines get dad jokes. And remember, pirates like the letter P because without it, they'd just be irate. And this is what happens when you drink Three Brothers Distillery Swill, but their gin is amazing. Have a good one. So that was from uh, Whiskey Dave, David Revis, um, from the Three Brothers Distillery, who turned it into a commercial for his his distillery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still, I guess my unofficial sponsor. Um, hey, but, we'll take it. It's a and we've had brought their, to you by. We've had their <laughs> silk jacket naval strength gin before, and we had it at the bar. And then we went home, and I was drunker than I'd. I think I was drunker than I'd ever been in my life. What? I wasn't. I, sorry, without getting sick. Mm-hmm. We did a full episode. Interesting line. And on then on the uh, then on the uh, on the uh, bonus episode we had the naval strength gin and we all we were like this is fantastic and I don't know how drunk y'all were <laughs> but I was drunker than I've ever been in my life without throwing up. I don't even remember that. That's <laughs> that is you know what you know what that means. That means the next time that I'm in Virginia, I'm gonna pick up. Uh, some silk jacket, naval strength gin. You know what naval strength gin is, right? No, no not really. Okay, so <clears throat> if you're in the Navy, way back when, when you were in the Navy, let's talk about the uh, when the British owned the, the seas, right? Right, the, the world's greatest Navy, the, the British Navy, So at the time. And uh, they, uh, they had to lock the liquor up in the same room as the powder was stored. It had to be, there was one room with a lock. It was the liquor and the powder were stored there. So they had to make sure that the liquor was a high enough alcohol by volume that you could still ignite the powder if it got wet. So naval strength rum or naval strength anything is at least 57% alcohol by volume because then if it soaks the, uh, the gunpowder, the gunpowder will still burn. 57% by volume or more will still burn. Okay. So sailors would go out on the seas and they would come into port and they would order a whatever, a rum or a gin or whatever. And it would be weak as hell because they're used to 57% by volume. So then they started insisting that these, you know, uh, bar owners, these tavern keeps, these in keeps in port establishments. Yeah, these establishments would buy naval strength rum and naval strength gin because that's what they were used to. They were used huh. to drinking fifty-seven percent by volume or more. So if you if you hear that it's naval strength, that's what it means: fifty-seven percent alcohol by volume or more. Fifty-seven percent is one hundred and fourteen proof. 
um, you know, most bourbons are around 70 proof. Yeah, yeah. So it's... So it's the equivalent of a Bacardi 151. Ish. Ish. Yes, yeah. yeah. Bacardi 151 is naval strength rum. Yeah. Um, so, okay, there we go. And was uh, the purpose of that, uh, at a, was, was it the same as uh, uh, with IPAs? IPAs they, were made... Walk, yeah, but they would make the IPA like super strong and said, and they, so that it would keep... Because hops were preservative. Right. And then when um, it got there, they would water it down, and that's what they would distribute to the troops, but the officers would all keep the full strength. Right. Um, it was the same they, thing with the they gin? May, would they water the gin down? They might yep. water it down. I would imagine it. I'd imagine they'd water the gin, and the, mostly the rum down. Naval strength probably applied to rum more than anything else. Um, but also, rum came from... or Sorry, grog was ale mixed a certain amount of ale a certain amount of water a certain amount of lime juice and a certain amount of rum uh-huh. uh, so and it was to keep them from getting scurvy <laughs> and also to keep them happy <laughs> so um there you go uh so look up grog you'll get a better explanation from me here we go second call on the drunk dial hotline and the second the, the, the first one i know that dave's called the drunk dial hotline before he knew what it was uh this one an old friend of the drunk dial hotline i know he knows what it is. Wait, you changed the number for the drunk dial hotline? Uh, this is Jeff Martin, and uh, I got to tell you, if the hints you've been dropping are true, you're going to about to make a lot of people happy. Well, maybe at least a dozen or so, me included. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs> Jeff Martin, thank you. I, I sent one message directly to somebody's cell phone, and St. Enoch hasn't called yet. <laughs> 11 people. It's 11. We know how many. So this one, I, Jeff, thank you for calling. Uh, I, we'll figure out if and when and where this will go somewhere later. But uh, I'm just, you know. This was an excuse. I haven't spent enough time with these admirable gentlemen. And one of the things that I loved about the Beer Powered Time Machine when it, when it first started and as it was going, before it became a job, we don't want it to be a job, end of story, but was getting to spend time with my friends. And uh, I don't get to spend it because my life, honestly, is, uh, my, my social life in large part revolves around work. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not healthy and I know that's not, that's not good, and, but... Maybe I can make this not work hobby fun. <laughs> you know, it gives me an excuse to spend time with you guys. And uh, fuck it. If we had a McDonald's date, I would do that. <laughs> you want to do a BPTM at McDonald's? Let's try and figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> all around. Third, third call on the Drunk Dial Hotline. Here we go. Okay. Hi, Mikey. This is Kevin Wickard. I, uh... I was just very intrigued by your post, uh, so I don't really have anything horrendously interesting to say, now or ever. Um, but, uh, hey, as a marketing tool, this is, uh, this is awfully effective, obviously, because I don't normally do this. So, hope you're having a terrific time, uh, and hope to see you soon. Bye. I am having a perfect time. <laughs> I am having the thank time. Thank you. Um, so, Kevin, thank you, brother. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, no. Um, Kevin, obviously, never listened to the Beer Power Time Machine. Didn't know what was going on. But that's okay. That's all right. 
uh, beer powered time machine, Kevin. Uh, I would tell you to look it up, but it's not up anywhere <laughs> anymore. It's not available anywhere anymore. I have it downloaded onto a hard drive in, in a drawer in the basement. St. My... Enoch keeps asking me to, I need to send him a, a flash drive with it all with it all on it. But the, the problem is that I have to get a really big flash drive to send it because it's all, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot 160, what, 128 gig? Uh, is it on like, why can't we just put it up on SoundCloud or something and then... Because there's way more hours than SoundCloud would allow for free. No. Anyway, this is our final call on the Drunk Dial Hotline. I've narrowed this down to the geographic location, and I know for a fact that one of the gentlemen who played on one of my albums is out of there. I don't quite recognize the voice, but I'm I'm pretty sure... This is Corwin Belovich. So if I had a high lie IPA from Cigar Setting Brewing to uh, raise in your honor, Corwin, I would. But here you go. Uh, guys, y- y- you might want to hold on to your ears. And Andy, or Andy, Randy. <laughs> Randy, get ready to headbang. <laughs> Belovich, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Corwin. Uh, now, Corwin played on one of my albums. He played... Uh, oh, shit. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song, but it's I was going to say, was it guitar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he did the solo. I'm going to look it up because uh, I'm at that point where I... I whatever. I, I release so much stuff. Corwin is absolutely fantastic, and uh, now I have to look up which song he played on. <laughs> um, but it was off of the Retrosance album, and uh, he played on uh, Speed of Dumb. And if you've ever listened to that song, Speed of Dumb, the reason it just totally shreds is Corwin Belovich. And uh, he is just a, a fantastic musician in his own right. I did uh, on Mikey Talks or, or on uh, New Music Monday one week. Um, he did a January, the January, I think it was the January, maybe it was February that Eddie Van Halen died or after Eddie Van Halen died. Mm-hmm. He did a month where he put out a Van Halen song every week. Oh, nice. And, uh, he had me pick a Van Halen song to sing. He said, uh, I want to do a collaboration with you. So I was like, uh, right now, let's do right now because I love me some Sammy Hagar. I really, I love David Lee Roth, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but I love Sammy Hagar, and there's not an album with Gary Sharon, so, big shrug. Anyway, um, so I said, let's do right now, and then he recorded the background and sent it to me, and this is how, how fucking awesome Corwin is. He, send it, he sends it to me, it's in the correct key, and I'm like, can you lower that a full step? Can we do it out of this, you know, this key? And he's, and... He didn't even blink. 
the next day he sends me new takes because he just did it all in one. I mean, like he's just a badass. Uh-huh. Corwin's a badass. And so we maybe it was the day after, but two days re-recorded Eddie Van Halen, the whole thing in a lower key. It's just he's brilliant. He's beautiful and a great guy. And of course, you can hear his amazing voice right there, unless it was somebody else out of his geographic. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where he lives because I don't want uh, I don't want the old drunk dog hotline sending him messages. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that might be a match made in heaven. You never know. It's, uh... <laughs> no, I've met his wife, and uh, 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 she uh, she probably the fabulous. She would not Jen, agree with that. No, yeah, no, the fabulous Jen would uh, not uh, not be having that shit. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jen. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. We haven't met. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, when you played that at first, I went, oh, that's Van Halen. What song is it? And I was trying to figure out. I was like, nah, not, maybe not Van Halen. Oh, that's original. Okay, there we go. Okay. It's, it's so very similar this. to Eruption yeah. because it's just such a, a hardcore badass riff that just keeps going. Hell, it might even be the intro to Eruption. I don't know because I didn't listen to them side by side. So we might even, but even if he was just ripping it off the cuff, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So wow. he was, uh. Did someone say the beer powered time machine's doing a one off? Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> He's a man of very few words. <laughs> Just let it go. And they're all, they all at letters A through G, and then they start back over because that's, that's any key. All I, right. I've never seen Randy make like the devil horn sign before. Just <laughs> never see that. So I did have a funny grog story, though. You have a grog up. story? Yes. Oh, no way. No way. <laughs> the only way to make this better is to tell me it happened while you were on the road with the circus. No, no, no. All right. But, but, it's, <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> All right. Go for it, brother. Well, Randy's getting a beer. Randy's Randy walked up to get a beer. <laughs> we'll tell the story. He can still hear. So um, There's no one in this place. So uh, <laughs> It's uh, just us. Years and years ago, I worked in Orlando. I lived in Orlando and I worked for this ad agency. And the owner's wife, uh, just uh, Mark and Jane Terry, wonderful people. And they would have a Christmas party every year. And it was this sort of like signature, you know, how, you know how like you have uh, certain families that would have like a, an annual event, be it a Christmas party or a Fourth of July cookout or something, but it was looked forward to by. Yeah, it was their yeah. it was their oh, yeah, thing yeah. that they did, and anyway, uh, part of the Christmas the Terry's Christmas party was this grog that Jane would make, and the recipe was a secret, and but it tasted very similar to what you were describing with the rum and the ale and the whole bit. But she would tell this story because she grew up in Massachusetts, and um, uh, and her family lived there for several generations. Yeah. And this recipe uh, came from the the late 19th century when her family owned a tavern uh, adjacent to the docks. And the, the there was this uh, magnet who owned, you know, various shipping companies and then also owned like the brothel and the tavern and all the stuff on the dock, you know, this whole, so this whole network of this yeah. economy Dream surrounding. Job. Yeah surrounding shipping and all of this. But uh, it turned out that uh, working on these ships was like a horrible fucking job. Oh, yeah. And, oh, God, and, yeah. and it was really difficult to get people to, to, to do it. So one of their things was um, the tavern that her family uh, owned 
also they worked for this guy. So what they would do is they would make this grog and had very attractive daughters, you know, who would, you know, and get all these guys, you know, give them the grog. And it was uh, the, well, beer was this and whiskey is that. And in terms of like pricing, but grog was like either super cheap or free. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and they would just uh, and they would just load these kids up on grog, and they'd get drunk, and they'd pass out. And there was a tunnel between the tavern and the loading docks for the ships. They were impressing them. Shanghai. So they these were, guys, they were so these guys would like, they would get drunk, they would pass out, and they would wake up on a boat. 12 miles from the coast. Yeah, at sea. <laughs> you want to get back, you work. If you don't, you can swim. And that was, uh, yeah. And and she said that was really the, the what her like grandfather told her was, that was the whole purpose of Grog. Wow. Was the reason it was invented in the first place was to be this... The fact that it prevented you from getting scurvy was just a side effect. Yes. <laughs> Unintended side effect. <laughs> Maybe it was initially like a scurvy. Pre- no, because it, it, it could have been a scurvy prevention without all of the alcohol. I mean, yeah. it, was, it could have just been here. Have, eat, eat this well, lime. <laughs> yeah, you, getting sailors to drink the lime juice on its own might have been an issue. Pretty nasty. It was like torture. But if you mix it with rum. <laughs> and hey, and, and ale and, and a little uh, this water. This actually had a lot of grapefruit juice in it. Did it? Well, so. vitamin C. Yeah. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the same citric acid. That's the sure. That's the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you know, the, I get you know the, the the same thing happened with the uh, British Navy for them to get uh, they would impress sailors in the same way. And uh, one of the way, one of the another way that I've I've heard about is that there would be a coin in the bottom of a mug. So somebody you'd let somebody buy you a beer, and it was the king's coin at the bottom of the mug. And if you drank the beer and got to the coin, you know, and then realized that you got to the king's coin, you've now inscript you, you, inscription. You you've now enlisted in the navy because you took the king's coin. Mm-hmm. You had it on your on you, you know, and so. But also, they would uh, get you drunk, and you'd wake up, and all of a sudden, you're an enlisted man. <laughs> and if you if you you don't want to be in the navy, that's fine. Can you swim? There are sharks. Go ahead. <laughs> there are so many tricky ways too, because if you got you, you could get thrown in jail for um, debt, you didn't yeah, you didn't pay prison. your bills. You didn't pay your bills, and next thing you know, you're on a ship. I mean, that's just the way it is. So it was. I mean, yeah. There's currently not a debtor's prison, but if we let certain factions have their way, there will be again. Uh, I'm not going to point out who who those factions are. Do your own research. And well, well, much I like mean, much like the country of Australia was founded that, as a prison colony. Yeah, I understand and, that whatever your biases are, they're going to play out in whatever research you do. But yeah, you're right. Australia is a prison. Australia started prison out as a, as a prison colony. The state of Georgia started out as a debtor's prison. Wow. You know, I didn't realize that. I knew that Australia started out as a prisoner's uh, prison colony and they had a revolution and won their freedom. Yes. Uh, which is why they're a free country anymore. Much like Georgia has not. <laughs> I'm here for you, Stacey Abrams. I'm here for you. And not just because you were on that one sci-fi show. Anyway, um, <laughs> Picard. Um, <laughs> oh, it was Discovery. It was Discovery. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, Star- it was Star Trek. It she, was was pres- she was president of Earth. Did anybody? I'm call here for the, you, uh, Stacey Abrams. Did anybody call the Q number? I did not. Was there a, was there a Q number? Yeah. Oh, it's fun. 
All I know is that I saw pictures of of uh, of what's his name from Picard as Q, John Delancey, and all I could think of is he's really hot as an older guy. He wasn't that hot when he was younger, but as an older guy, he's a he is. Oh, he's aged well. He is Silver Fox. He went from gangly youth to Silver Fox, like, and it only took him thirty years. Oh, oh, John, Jonathan Frakes is much more attractive. I mean, he was he was supposed to be the big sex symbol character, but uh, but you know him now with. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this has been queer powered hot time machine. <laughs> Wait, no, <it's, laughs> I don't care. I'm all in. I'm all in. Jonathan Frakes, you're in a powerful and attractive man. John Delancey, I watched you on Breaking Bad, and you made me cry. I don't like seeing you when you're sad. End of story. And uh, and also, I haven't watched any of Picard yet. I've watched none of it because I didn't want to get the whatever Paramount, is that what it is, yeah. channel? Uh, but someday I will watch it all and I'll probably binge watch the whole thing because I can't imagine that it has anything in it that I'm not going to like. Well, it's, it's, it's enjoyable, but temper your expectations. Okay. Mm. Fine, fair enough. I, I tend to do that go, anyway. Go into it like you're just watching uh, a new Star Trek Next Gen episode. Uh, and, and you, it's kind of hard to do that, you know. Yeah. You know, Picard's my captain. Um, oh, they they sold it. I mean, uh, they pushed it. So, and sorry. Like, and then you know, but there's some good stuff. It's P- good, but Picard you... is slightly, very slightly edges out Cisco as my captain, but only very slightly because that's only because Deep Space Nine lost me at the end. But <laughs> and uh, I I felt like generation next next generation got better progressively, and then that uh, Deep Space Nine started amazing. And then kind of lost me at the end because I felt like they were trying to be Babylon 5 towards uh, the end. Oh, I get that. And uh, but Babylon, I 5 Babylon 5 never had me. Never. And I people kept Babylon telling 5. me that I should watch Babylon 5. So I tried. I did. I spent, What about The Expanse? Do you like I, spent, I put Janeway over Cisco. I, I spent about 15 years one week watching the first season of Babylon 5. And... Uh, sorry that's uh same janeway over cisco huh janeway over cisco yeah yeah there's some really good things about i haven't watched voyager i i I didn't get into it and i i I admit i should have i mean what's not to like about voyager it just at that point i was just tired of trek Mm -hmm. i mean and you can get trekked out i guess and then and come back to it later. Maybe I need to go back to it. Maybe it's one of those things that there there are like I didn't get into Breaking Bad when it first came out, and then years later, just before the last season started, I decided I would watch the first episode. And I was like, okay, first episode. I'll try the second episode. Second episode is okay. I'll try the third episode. And then I was six episodes in, going, why can't I stop? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Oh, I was the same with Ozark. Everybody was talking. I watched like the first episode when it first came out, and I was just like, "No, I don't real. I don't need this." And let it go. And and then, you and know. all of a sudden, you're so invested that it's like my grandma used to say, "These are my stories." <laughs> <laughs> but everybody just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing. It. Okay, I'll watch it. And, was, and yeah, same. I was like eight episodes in. I'm like, I could do one more. 
<laughs> but you just have to remember, like my grandma did. There was there was a point at which my grandma gave up watching soap operas, and I was like, "Why? You know why?" And she goes, "I have enough stress in my life. I can't be stressed out about these characters too. They're not even real." <laughs> and I was like, "Fair enough." And that's when she bought a Super Nintendo and started playing Qbert. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was all. I remember coming home. It was like three in the morning. I'd been out with friends. I came home at three in the morning to my grandma's house because I was going to stay there the night there. And I saw lights on in the living room and I pull in the driveway and I get out and I unlock the door and I come in and my mom and my grandma are up at three in the morning playing Qbert in what the living room. What an amazing <laughs> display of a fungible mind. <laughs> No, that is great. They just like, we got to try something new. And they just went all in on they something did. brand new. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Well, it wasn't brand new. I mean, it was still... Brand it was, new for them? It, it was very old at that point. Absolutely brand new for them? It wasn't much. My mom was old, but she wasn't dead. <laughs> I mean, she knew about Qbert. But yeah, no, I get it. She, she was like, uh, well, we'll do this then instead of watching. But they... They're also the reason I can't play uh, Scrabble with people because they were like Scrabble hustlers. And uh, hustlers, hustlers. You can't cheat at Scrabble. Bullshit. You, can't <laughs> cheat. you know what's cheating at Scrabble? The Scrabble fucking dictionary. That's cheating at Scrabble right there. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because Who has a Scrabble dictionary? They would, my grandmother and my mother did, and they would play tag team Scrabble during the day for like months at a time. That's how they they would try and get the highest cumulative score. They would help each other out. That was their goal. Mm-hmm. And then so they knew all these fucking bullshit words, right? This and so that like you're. Playing Playing, and then they play ads, A-D-Z, or A-D-Z-E, and that's an old cutting utensil, and that's, a, all right, so I guess that's Actual fine. Word. And then they play Quipu, Q-U-I-P-U. Mm-hmm. It is an ancient Incan counting instrument. What are the rules of Nobody Scrabble? Nobody knows that fucking word. <laughs> Scrabble Dictionary knows that word. Scrabble Dictionary says that ancient Incan counts as modern fucking English because fuck them. That's why. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. In- no, 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 no. Shut up. All right, fine. <laughs> How do you describe it? Fuck you, Jordy. With your American <laughs> dictionary. How do you describe this ancient Incan you counting You don't. Utensil? You don't need it. Abacus. Okay? I th- fuck I off. For sh- I thought it's for sure you were going to say that they would like uh, play words that they knew weren't words. No, no, no. Just, oh, oh. No. They played well, challenge words. Challenge it. Challenge it. No, that's how I was like, Quipu's not a word. And I challenged it. And then fucking I lost on the challenge. And that's bullshit. And they're like, well, this is the Scrabble Dictionary. I'm like, the Scrabble Dictionary says it's supposed to be modern English. And the Scrabble Dictionary can go piss up a fucking tree. And I never played with those old women again because they're mean and Just they're evil. They look it. like nice old ladies, but they were out to take you for all you had at Scrabble. And then their next word after Quippy was Bladooki. Whatever. And, 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 and Mikey would go, no, fuck that. I'm not challenging that. Yeah. <laughs> Zoquo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the beer powered time machine and thank you guys for joining us we may do one more beer as a bonus episode hell i don't know we're here and there's a beer sitting there and it's a it's a very large bottle it's a lovely looking it's a very and large a gift it would be and it was r- a gift it would be rude it would be rude but for right now <laughs> we're gonna say uh goodbye all right i'm leaving until no, all right, Randy's leaving. But so Ty, you've got to split this bottle with me. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, so t- t- I was getting ready to say right until back. next week. <laughs> Maybe next week. Who knows? How, how easy? Until next, <laughs> until until next time. Whenever 
and if that may become. Uh, but that's what sayonara means, is until we meet again. And that's beautiful. So until we meet again, uh, I'm Mikey Mason. Or Randy Davis. See you when I see you. I'm Ty Morton. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us. Beer Powered Time Machine is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I apologize. I just now hit record. We didn't get to see Randy. They couldn't see Randy headbang anyway, Ty. No. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the it was powerful. They, they'll feel it later. <laughs> right they'll the get the chance. Yes, they'll <laughs> feel your power through the microphone later, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's not the reaction, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, 